Over the next four weeks, we will dive into where Buckeyes that will get drafted in the NFL draft will land, what they are as prospects, and what team might be the best fit for them. First up, it's QB1, it's CJ Stroud. We all like him, we all love him, but he might not be the first quarterback taken in this year's draft. Why? We discuss that today on Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Buckeyes fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Thursday, March 30th in the year 2023, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes your First, listen or first watch of every single day here with us today. If you're watching the video, you've already seen his face. He's been with us recently post combine and he's going to be with us over the next four weeks discussing athletes at Ohio State that will be drafted in the upcoming NFL draft. He is the director of recruiting at Irish Breakdown. He is a scout for the College Gridiron Showcase. He's a co-host of the NFL Prospects Podcast. He's a Davey O'Brien voter. And most importantly for today's show, he's an NFL draft analyst for RiseInDraft.com. It's my good buddy, Ryan Roberts. Been around here for quite a long time. And Ryan, I was thinking about this. You and I have been doing shows for a while um, on the Jay Stevens Podcast, but a lot more here when it comes to Ohio State-centered stuff. I think the first time I had you on a show was back in, I want to say 2020, um, that draft there, and uh, my guy Chris LeBron found you and did a, did a show with you, and I was like, oh, Ryan Roberts, he's good. But then the goodness just kept going in a lot of the book, guys. We get most of our conversations here on this pod. A little bit more talking in the beginning. I'm going to get out the way. Ryan, man, how you doing, man? Life's been good lately, hasn't it? It's been good, man. It's been good. I know it's it's been a we've had a long relationship here, man. So yeah, man. I appreciate you as always for having me back on. But I mean, we were just talking, man. It's uh it's getting real now, man. I mean, I, I think I have like 17 players I'm interviewing for the podcast over the next couple weeks because we're in the top 30 visit section of the process now. You know, people are finishing up pro days and it's all about team meetings until the end of April. So this is this is the fun time of year, though. I mean, because, you know, most of my evaluations are done. I'm still kind of figuring out a, a couple. But at this point, man, we're just we're pretty much smooth sailing until the end of April. So it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be really fun. It's been a lot of fun. And I went through Ryan's, uh, literally his bio here. And he's a very, very busy man. Actually, uh, about to add another uh, child into this world as well. So Ryan's busy. He's busy with the pod, busy with Notre Dame stuff, um, busy scouting. And one thing I like about Ryan is he's fair, he's honest, but he's always bringing his own authentic opinions about the players that he is scouting. That comes true when it comes to C.J. Stroud. Ryan's a guy that I've been listening to him and talking to him and just getting different stuff about hearing him about Stroud. And I generally, Ryan, agree with a lot of what you say about him because he is who he is as a football player. We could try to hide it. We could try to shield our eyes and be biased in our opinions. But Stroud is a really good player. He's not perfect, but he's still, Ryan, to me, one of the best prospects, quarterback prospects in the draft that's going to be at the end of April. Now, he's... Jay, there is so much to love about C.J. Stroud. There really is, man. And like you mentioned, there's there's no such thing as a perfect prospect, right? And there's no, and certainly C.J. Stroud has a couple of things that are still question marks. But 
when you really look at it, man, I, I think the intangible side of the conversation is where CJ really shines. You know, I mean, he's got the 6'3", 214 pounds, good arm strength. Like, he checks all those boxes, right? But it's the it's the football IQ that he plays with. I think he sees the game at an advanced level, man. Like, he sees it very quickly. He processes extremely fast. And he's usually very much on time and getting the football out. And the, I think the best part is you could argue, and I would argue, that C.J. Stroud is the most naturally accurate quarterback in this class. Like, he puts the ball in good spots, whether he's working outside the numbers, back shoulder game, whether he's working in the middle of the field. Just always feels like the ball is right in, in proper placements, which is, is, which is really good, you know? And I think that he has good pocket maneuverability, can move in the pocket well. The, the question mark that I have mainly on CJ is that I actually think CJ is a good athlete. I think he is because I see him move in the pocket and I think he's got quick feet and there's a lot to like there. Just my only big question mark is that he doesn't utilize his athleticism all the time as a passer, right? Like breaking out of the pocket, you know, maintaining eyes downfield, breaking the, you know, extending the pockets, being that guy that could win outside of structure in structure. I have very little doubt about what C.J. Stroud can bring to the game, man. I think that he is about as easy of an evaluation as you will find from a guy three, five, seven-step drop, get the ball out in good placement, good time. Perfect. But when things break down, because on the NFL level, it's going to break down a lot more often than it did at Ohio State. You know, we talked about Paris Johnson, Dewan Jones, Luke Whipler. You know, he's got a, you know, Donovan Jackson's going to be a dude that we're probably talking about next year in the yeah, 2024 yeah. NFL draft. Play with a great offensive line, man. There wasn't too much threat to him all the time as far as pressure goes. So he was a pretty comfortable passer. And when he's comfortable, it's fantastic. Easy, easy evaluation. My question mark, though, is when things are breaking down around him, when his offensive line maybe isn't as good as you need it to be. Can he create magic outside of structure? That's my biggest question mark. And it, it, But at the end of the day, if he's in a good situation, he's going to flourish. I think my question is, can he elevate in the sense that when things aren't good in front of him, can he still create plays consistently? That's my biggest question about CJ. Ryan, you mentioned a couple things that are very clear when it comes to Stroud. One he describes himself in a certain way, which goes hand in hand with how you described him as a passer, but also the improvis improvisation that's needed at the next level. There's a reason why that is a big question mark for him. If he was still in college, I don't think that would be a big talking point, as big of a talking point, because his O-line is literally better and can block almost every D-line in the country. So he had yeah. that luxury of playing at Ohio State. But Strong calls himself a ball placement specialist. I've never heard a quarterback call himself that give himself his own kind of nickname or phrase or description about his play. And it really just ring true to who he is. Now um, you got players all over the place that give themselves nicknames and things and cool. Great. Great. Don't really get much stock to everybody that does something like this, but I think Stroud is spot on him being a ball placement specialist. I also think Ryan is spot on to talk about, his lack and his inability to improvise. I think that at the next level, you talk about it. We all watch NFL football some more than others, but we see the athletes, not just at linebacker, but at D-line, not just the end, but at D-tackle. You have to be able to improvise and to do so quickly. 
If you don't, you will not be a very successful quarterback in the National Football League. So both things can be true. Stroud can struggle improvising. Stroud can be a ball placement specialist. I do believe that's why in the likes of uh, Bryce Young, uh, C.J. Stroud, um, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, the top four. I even want to put Hayden Hooker in there as well because he played phenomenal ball last year. I think that's why Stroud is at the top and close to being at the top of the list because he is a ball placement specialist, and that means something as a quarterback. It does. It does. I mean, at at the core of it, Jay, I mean, things that are hard to improve for quarterbacks sometimes is to be incredibly consistent from a processing perspective. That can take years for guys to continue to develop. And then the accuracy part of the conversation. There are some guys, the Josh Allens of the world, that's the guy that everyone points to as far as improving accuracy, right? Because he did. He 100% did. He was not a very accurate quarterback coming out of Wyoming. He has turned himself into one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. But that is a rarity. Usually, accuracy is a pretty innate thing that people either have or they don't have. For every every Josh Allen out there, there's the Jake Lockers, the Blaine Gabberts. We've seen that story. Christian Hackenbergs, right? Like those types of guys that just can't improve that accuracy conversation. But so when you have it naturally, like CJ does, it's great, man. That's an incredible baseline. I think that that's what makes CJ so appealing in this class for me. Mm Mm-hmm is that there's a couple high high ceiling guys, right? Like you talk about Anthony Richardson. I would even say I'm not a big Will Levis guy, but like Will does have legitimate tools. So like you could say he's a high ceiling guy. But the thing that separates Stroud is that I don't think, I mean, him and Bryce Young have the two highest floors in this class by a landslide, man. I think that you could honestly, you could honestly convince me, and I think I would actually agree with it, that CJ Stroud has the highest floor in this class of any quarterback. Because at the end of the day, there's not size concerns. There's no accuracy concerns. You know baseline what he's going to be. But back to your original que- original point about the out-of-structure stuff, there's some good quarterbacks in the NFL that are good quarterbacks but don't have that high ceiling. I think of Jared Goffs. I think of the Chris, uh, the Kirk Cousins of the world. Like, they're good quarterbacks, man. They win, they win games in the NFL. They put up numbers. Why? Because they are accurate. They get the ball out on time. Those things are important. But to go to be considered a little bit more than just a good quarterback or a very good quarterback, to be in that elite status, to be a franchise level consistent quarterback, you're talking about the guys that can make magic happen a little bit. Can CJ be that? I think he can because you saw some flashes of it. Like I think back to the the Notre Dame game, the first game yeah. of the year for Ohio yeah. State, right? It's like there were a couple plays in the second half where he's getting pushed out of the pocket. He has to throw on the run and he made some money plays in that game. Big reason why. They won that football game with C.J. Stroud winning outside of structure. But things are about to get a lot faster. You know, all due respect to the J.D. Bertrands of the world playing for Notre Dame, that six-foot, 230-pound inside linebacker blitzing that runs 4-7 are about to quickly turn into 6'3", 235, running 4-4. Four, four. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's going to get, it's gonna tur- take a tick up. But at the end of the day, man, C.J. Stroud is such a high floor. I don't think there's any world that he's not at least a good quarterback in the NFL. I, I don't see any bus factor here, which gives you a great baseline, a great foundation to work off of. Just there's going to be some questions on, but what is the ultimate upside? Is he a, can he make pro bowls? Sure. I think he can. Can he be an all pro though? Can he be a guy that is the face of a franchise? Can he be a guy that can lead a team or put a team on his back and lead him to the Super Bowl? That's the questions that I have. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The tournament 
is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net all on an app that's safe secure and super easy to use so don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join FanDuel today just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up make every moment more with FanDuel. Running quickly, because I got some more stuff I want to get into uh, in the show, but very quickly, C.J. Stroud's first touchdown was a 54-yard touchdown against Michigan State. Run. Long. Out of there. Yes. Gone. Yes. It was in mop-up duty. Don't get me wrong. But he was still showed, oh, my goodness, this guy can actually move a little bit. Yes. Last game of his career, we saw a version of Stroud we have never seen before. Now, I I think Ryan Day held him back. I, I do believe Ryan Day kind of – um, held him back during the season. It's like, oh, last game of his career, possibly. Take the, let's let the man go, and you see what Stroud could do. Do you think you're, that there will be a version of Stroud in the NFL that is like what we got against Georgia that can also take bust out 50-plus yard runs when it's needed? I think that he has – I think he I, – I, I think that we talked about this a little bit in the past, and I think we hit on it a little bit in this show – is that I think CJ's a good athlete, yes. right? Like, I think he can move. You're actually it's one just, of the few people that says that, Ryan. Most people yeah. don't really go out on the limb and say they, they, they think he is a good athlete. You mentioned that t- long touchdown around the 50-plus yarder. There was also a game this year. I forget if it, Was it Iowa? I can't remember. But there was one where I think he kept it on his own read, and he went like 40 yards for a touchdown or 30 yards for a touchdown. I'm just like, this kid can move, man. Like, we're. Not, I just think that the there might be a, a – Part of it that's Ohio State's offense is just not centric to him being a, a yeah. player that wins outside structure. That's possible. I mean, what, what's the great saying about Michael Jordan in college, right? Like Dean Smith's the only one that can hold Michael Jordan under 20 points per game. Like there's some things that you can't quite understand as far as what a player's asked to do. It doesn't mean he can't do it because I've seen CJ move in the pocket. I've seen CJ extend plays. I've mm-hmm. seen him run. Mm-hmm. It's just not consistently. Mm-hmm. Like that's the kind of the question that I have is, is that ingrained in him? Was that something that he was asked to do? That's the question marks I have. But I do think CJ's a good athlete. I think he can move. I think that he can make some plays when he needs to make. It's just about, at the end of the day, if it's not on the film consistently, then it's not on the film consistently. Like That's kind of the, the tough part of scouting is that there are some players that are just not asked to do a certain thing. It doesn't necessarily mean they can't. It just means that you haven't seen it, which makes it not a tangible thing yet. Ryan. There's a quarterback down in Tuscaloosa. Well, he won't be playing there anymore. There's a battle to find out who the best quarterback is in the NFL draft. Best prospect. Is it Bryce Young? Is it C.J. Stroud? Yeah. I will tell you this, and I don't know where your mind is. Actually, I think I do know where your mind is here. <laughs> but I, when I watch football and I watch these two guys play quarterback, yep. one guy plays quarterback just a position better than the other. I'm not saying he's the best thrower. I'm not saying he's the best mover. It just seems like one guy plays quarterback better than the other. That guy to me is Bryce Young. I think Stroud's a phenomenal quarterback. I think his arm talent and arm strength and accuracy is going to be put on front street and used very well by whoever drafts him in the NFL draft. 
But to me, when I watch Bryce Young and when I watch C.J. Stroud, there's one guy that plays the position better than the other. That's Bryce Young to me. Who are, yep. to you? Is it Bryce Young or the C.J. Stroud? Who do you believe is a better pro prospect? I think Bryce Young is the better all-around pro prospect. I do. And I, I've been pretty consistent about that. I mean, even working back to the summer, my opinion really hasn't changed much. I mean, I'll say this about this conversation, right, Jay? If we're talking about just stuff in structure, I think it's a great conversation. And CJ might even ink that one out, you know? You might look at it and say, like, you know, he's got the more prototypical size. And I'm sure – I know for a fact that some NFL teams are going to believe this, right, is that – one guy's 6'3", one guy's 5'10 and a quarter. Right. Like, uh, at the end of the day, CJ fits that style, the the mold, I should say, of what a quarterback in the NFL typically looks like, you know? Yeah. And the, the tough part about this conversation is who I believe is the better player is also an outlier, right? And th that makes yeah. it a little bit difficult <laughs> is that we're talking about a 5'10 and a quarter and a guy that weighed in at 204, but, like, we know in college he wasn't 204 pounds. 204? Like he weighed at 204 at the combine. Yeah, man. Yeah, which oh, is pretty Oh, buddy. Funny. Hey, he was doing some good work there. I'm thinking he's going to come yeah. in at, like, 193, and that's a yes. heavyweight for him. Yeah, some people think that he was in the 180s during the majority of his Alabama career. So, yeah, he got up to 204, though, and – you know, it, it seems very Kyler Murray-esque, though, because yes. remember yes. Kyler Murray got up to, like, 205 or something. Yes. You're like, Kyler didn't play at 205. <laughs> but like, let's be honest about ourselves. But the thing that separates Bryce for me slightly, and I think that it's a more – it's a – I think there's nuance to this conversation. I do think that there is a legitimate – I want to call it an argument, but there's a legitimate debate that could happen here, is that in today's game – and this is kind of, you know, what we're grading on. If this was 15 years ago, I feel like C.J. Stroud would be quarterback one in this class. Oh, yes. For, oh, and yes. it wouldn't even be a debate. In today's game, where outside structure matters a lot more than it has in the past, just where the separator is for Bryce Young for me, man. Like, in structure, Bryce is very good. C.J.'s very good to great in structure. Perfect. C.J. is inconsistent out of structure. Bryce Young is magic out of yes, yes. that's what it comes down to man there's something about bryce young and this isn't an actual scouting here this isn't like tangibly looking at arm strength athleticism mental capacity like all that type of stuff wherever bryce has been in his entire life right going back to his modern day days to his alabama days and even every time in before and in between he's been the best player on the field man and that's something that you can't quantify a ton right like no matter what situation he's been in He's been that guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that that matters. I think it really does matter. He's a guy that I am betting on, even though he's an outlier. And I tend not to bet on outliers a ton because I am a guy that is a traditionalist. Like, I do want a guy that fits those size thresholds. I do want a guy that is easier to bet on. Bryce Young is not the easiest guy to bet on because of the heights and the stature that he has. But when every time I watch him on film, man, I'm just like, there is mental side there that's really good. In structure is really good. And then there's magic. There's magic there. So the conversation is going to be, can his body hold up? And it's a legitimate conversation that we can have. Like, I, I get why people bring that up, because especially because of the build. Not so much the height, but the build. But for me, Bryce is a little bit higher than CJ. CJ is a slam dunk top 10 draft pick in this class though for me like in a vacuum he's going to be drafted in the top 10 and he should be there's a reality where he is the first first player off the board in this draft to the carolina panthers like that reality does exist but if you're asking me who i prefer i do prefer bryce because i just think there's a little bit of magic there who do you think drafts cj stroud in the nfl draft 
Man, it's it, I'm I'm really split on this, Jay, because all the reports and everyone just keeps saying that Carolina is going to take CJ Stroud. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind mm-hmm. of the stuff out there. I don't quite buy it fully yet. I really okay. don't. I still think it's a conversation. I don't understand. I think Carolina wanted to get up to one because they wanted to make sure whoever they ultimately think is their guy that they have a chance to get him. Like I don't think that you want to mess with that fire of not getting the guy that you that you really like. So I think that it could be CJ one. I think it could be Bryce one. I think those are the two guys that it could end up being. I'll say this about CJ. CJ, the floor for CJ Stroud, I think, is the second overall pick to the Houston Texans. I think if the Carolina does not take him at number one, I think they will take him at number two. There was a time where we were, you know, fighting with Will Levis in this class and Anthony Richardson rising to the top of the class, potentially. Like, those are conversations that we've had. Ultimately, I do think Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are the first two quarterbacks off the board, which means I think that they will be the first two picks in the NFL draft. I think we've kind of come full circle to that conversation. This episode is brought to you by Billiards Plus. Billiards Plus has the best selection of pool tables, game tables, shuffleboard tables, and more. And the best service in Central Ohio. Billiards Plus also can set you up with a brand new top-of-the-line grill that will last For generations, we all know how hard it is with the supply chain issues this year and getting certain things shipped on time. So when it comes to ordering that one big gift for someone you love, check out Billiards Plus and get there early this year. Billiards Plus carries the best selection of pool tables from Brunswick, Alhassen, Canada, Billiards and more. Plus, top of the line grills from PK, Napoleon, Memphis, and LaGriddle. That will be the last grill you own. Seriously, these grills stand the test of time. No matter the season, Billiards Plus has you covered for all your indoor and outdoor entertainment needs. Visit their showroom on Dublin Center Drive in Dublin. Check them out at billiards-plus.com. Billiards Plus, family owned and operated for generations. Ryan, last thing for you here. This is actually one of the best time shows that we've done because Ryan and I go way over time. But Ryan, you you just mentioned who you think picks Stroud. Is that the best fit? What team is the best fit for Stroud in this year's draft? It's so funny, man, because I I feel like I have a lot of Indianapolis Colts people on on the uh, on my timeline and that kind of talk to me pretty regularly. And we talked about this. On, I talked about this on a show pretty recently. It's like what spot legitimately fits CJ best? I actually think it's Indianapolis. I really do, man. I I, I thought there at a time when the Will Levis and Anthony Richardson conversations were happening that I thought Indianapolis could look out, stay at four, and just be like stare CJ in the face and be like. Okay, brother, come on over. Like, we're good here, man. Because <laughs> I, I think that even though it's a new offensive system, right? You know, Frank Reich is obviously not the head coach there anymore. And, th- you know, that I think that if it was Indianapolis, I think if he was still in Indianapolis, it would even be more of a no-brainer because I think Stroud is exactly what Frank Reich wants as a quarterback, potentially. I, yes. Yes, I agree with that. Even with Shane Steichen now as the head coach, though, at Indianapolis, I know everyone's pointing to, like, Anthony Richardson because he just had Jalen Hurts. And I get, I get it. But I think that when I look at that offense and I say, you're going to have a talented offensive line that has not played as well the last couple of years, but you still have Quentin Nelson. You still have Braden Smith. You still have some dudes on that offensive line where you look at and say, like, okay, protection should be pretty good. You have Jonathan Taylor that you can lean on early, especially. Mm-hmm. You have Michael Pittman Jr., who I think is a good wide receiver. You need to get more talent in that room, obviously. But I think that the core competencies of Shane Steichen and what Indianapolis has kind of built its reputation around 
is they want those guys that can win inside of structure and they can really process the game quickly. So I really do think CJ would be a perfect fit in Indianapolis. I think he would also be a good fit at Carolina. I do. I think that a fit with Carolina would be potentially really good with him as far as being with, with Frank Reich and Josh McCown and those guys, right? Because I think that he does fit that system well. But Indianapolis, man, it's been something for months now where I just look at that fit and I'm just like, makes so much sense because I think Indianapolis is a much better roster than people give him credit for. And if they got a guy with the high floor like Stroud, I think they could contend for, you know, being in that division race pretty quickly. I really do. It would be nice. It would be really nice. I know this is kind of crazy, but Ryan, it would be nice if this year the Colts and Chris Ballard didn't jack this. I'm not a Chris Ballard fan. Um, If Chris Ballard didn't jack this thing up and they draft Stroud number four, first off, he has to be available at four, which I don't think is going to be possible. Uh, if he doesn't go to Carolina, I do think the Texans take him. Cardinals probably take um, Jalen Carter or Will Anderson Jr., and then yeah. the Colts take a quarterback. Um, if it's not Stroud, um, they may sit on a quarterback, take a tackle, and take a quarterback later. Um, yeah. But if he's there, take Stroud. Great. Yes. But what? But literally, the cheer, like the like the the best of the best. I mean, I got I got some new Halo Top ice cream in my freezer. Um, I'm not probably a big ice cream person, but my lady lo- loves ice cream. She loves sweets, so I'm trying to venture off and try different things. Actually, it's pretty good. You got cookies and cream in there, nice. so that's kind of like the 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 dessert. I look forward to it, and I would yeah. really look forward to Ryan getting Marvin Harrison Jr. next year. You, <laughs> you got to be bad to get him next year because he's probably going to be a top ten pick next year. Barring, yeah. of course, if he stays healthy and all those things, probably top 10 pick. But that'd be great. You get Stroud. <laughs> you get Harrison Jr. I mean, you got a quarterback, a receiver. See, it'd be perfect. We don't live yes. in a perfect world. And I don't think that's actually going to happen. But it'd be nice if it did. Ryan, um, do you have any last words about Stroud? Anything you want to leave the, leave the people with? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I've i liked CJ for a while, you know, even though there's things that I have my questions on, I think that people sometimes look past the floor sometimes too much, you know, and everyone's getting excited about Anthony Richardson. And I'm like, cool, man, like you can get excited about Anthony Richardson and still understand that he's got a long way to go, right? Like, and I think that people just kind of overlook the floor conversation on quarterbacks sometimes because they just want to talk about the ceiling, talk about the, you know, the what a guy can be and like, yes, that conversation matters, but I think we're really underappreciating how rock solid CJ is right as a baseline of a good football player. So, you know, whatever it ends up being, man, I think he's going to be successful in the NFL. It's just, I, I can't wait to see what the fit is though, because I think that that will be a big indicator of just how good he can be. Ryan, where can the good people follow you on Twitter? Um, talk about the pod, any Notre Dame stuff you guys have going on, not just now, but also in the offseason leading up to the beginning of next season because the Buckeyes and the Fighting Irish play each other in the upcoming season in September. I'm excited for that game. I hope you are as well. But, Ryan, where can the good people follow you on Twitter and then stay up to date with everything that, that you have going on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you uh, if you want to early look at the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, you can go to irishbreakdown.com. I I cover recruiting on that side, but also do a lot of team stuff. So if you want an early peek into what Notre Dame is going to be in 2023, I mean, I know they're hoping for some payback with uh, with the Buckeyes, obviously after the 21-10 loss last year. So coming to South Bend next year, man, which will be hey, very you guys are wearing the green jerseys too. Yes, wearing the green jerseys. They have not beaten Ohio State in my lifetime. 
Jay. Like they've only played wow. Ohio State five times since I was born, and they are own five against Ohio State. So five? Well, it's been. I know. It's, I know. It was like twice in the nineties. Yes, and then there was two times in the two thousands. I remember you guys beat us with Troy Smith one yes. year, and then there was yes. another time, and then last year, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, zero and five in my lifetime, man. So. They, they want a little bit of payback this year. We'll see, obviously, how that all turns out. But if you want any uh, insight into that, check out IrishBreakdown.com. RisingDraft.com, if you are a – if you're just an avid NFL draft follower and, and nerd like I am, like if you just want some heights, weights, birthdays, a little bit of background info on guys, go over to the site. We also have a mock draft simulator on there. I think that it's pretty pretty nice. But and uh, Believe in NFL Draft Prospect Podcast is what we do. Um, we have a lot of interviews coming up. I just got off literally before we started this podcast with Steve Avila, who's the offensive guard out of TCU, who was down at the Senior Bowl in the Combine. I'll have a lot more interviews coming up there very shortly. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm working on. I also have a little bit of a draft guide coming out over the next couple of weeks as well. So keep your eyes. It's uh, the first edition of the Rising Rising Draft Off-Ball Almanac. So I broke down every single linebacker in the 2023 NFL Draft. So keep your eyes peeled on that one. So, again, for all the nerds out there, all the NFL Draft nerds. <laughs> Ryan, I was just thinking, I feel like the time you're that you, it, it was fuzzy in our minds about Ohio State Notre Dame playing, yeah. I think it was a bowl game when Jalen Smith got hurt. Am I correct? Yeah. I think. I yes. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, 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 Bowl, yeah. I think. Yes. Yeah. I think it was, um, who was that big offensive tackle you guys had? I think he was the one that hit Jalen and then Jalen kind of like buckled his knee. And then was it Mike Adams? Mike Adams sounds familiar. Was he an offensive tackle for Iowa State? I feel like he was, but regardless, yes, that was one. I think that was the game I was originally thinking of. Cause I think that was like 2015. Yeah. Something somewhere around like there. Yeah. yeah. It was post national championship. I remember, in that game, if I remember correctly, Will Fuller burnt one corner from Ohio State for a long game, and they were back in the game, and then the game just got away from them because, like, that Ohio State team was just much better than what Notre Dame had on the field that day. So, yeah. Guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. Send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, this is the first of four shows Ryan and, our, Ryan and I are doing leading up to the NFL draft at the end of April. Literally a month from right now, it will be the middle of probably, what, day three of the end of the NFL draft. Um, Ryan is uh, literally, I say this all the time, say it to him. My favorite draft scout, draft analyst is Ryan Roberts, so I love having him on and uh, love just all the stuff he has to say. Um, next week, next week when Ryan's on, it's all about Jags, Smith, and Jigba. This last season does not mean he's not one of the best receivers in this year's NFL draft. Guys, we're out of here on a Thursday. One more show to go for the rest of the week, and uh, it's going to be a fun one. You don't want to miss it.